Rob Reiner and the Sea of Oswalds, A Christmas Carol Story Part 2, You Can't Handle the Truth. Rob Reiner wanted to sleep, but his thoughts swirled around in his brain like a cage full of butterflies. Make it stop. Make it stop. Haunted by Archie Bunker just hours ago, something about how January 6th was like the JFK assassination, made Reiner's Christmas Eve a nightmare. Maybe it all finally got to him. All those months of research looking into the history of the CIA, rogue agents' false flag operations, gaining public support for a cause or a war, president who was at odds with the war machine... James Carville accused him of being a crazy conspiracy theorist, like people who thought January 6th was an inside job. He wasn't one of those guys. He followed the facts. Facts our government covered up. Most Americans would be shocked to learn about the psychological warfare, meddling in elections in foreign countries, and of course, the CIA assassinations of world leaders. The last episode of his podcast, Who Killed JFK, discussed just that. What if something were to happen that would convince the American public that the U.S. had to invade Cuba? Something that would force America's hand? We'll stage a violent incident on a prominent target in the United States, and we'll arrange for it to look like Castro did it. Northwoods was what people in the intelligence business call a pretext operation, where you create a pretext for an action, or sometimes called a false flag operation. When you hear the terms false flag or conspiracy theory, you think of people wearing tinfoil hats. But the U.S. government has had a history of false flag operations. In 1898, the sinking of the USS Maine got us into the Spanish-American War. The USS Maine was a U.S. battleship that mysteriously exploded in Havana, Cuba in 1898, Remember the Maine was the famous rallying cry after the press claimed that Spain was to blame for the explosion, which killed 268 sailors. When the government declared war on Spain, they had the overwhelming support from the American public. And that's how the Spanish-American War started. There was also the firing on U.S. ships in the Gulf of Tonkin in August of 1964, which got us into the Vietnam War. And in 2003, the assertion that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction was used to justify the invasion of Iraq. False flags and disinformation can be very effective tools to rally public support. Back when Kennedy was shot, the public had no idea that there were secret operations planned to gain public support through things like plane crashes that killed American citizens. No wonder so many tinfoil hat types thought 9-11 was one of those to get us into a war with Iraq. But January 6th wasn't anything like that. It was just proof of what we've all been saying about Trump and MAGA for years. This is what we warned against. A coup. An armed insurrection of violent terrorists, white supremacists, attempting to overthrow the government and overturn the results of the election. But something wasn't coming together. He shakes it off, blinks again, and reconnects with his hatred of Trump and MAGA. That was his happy place. They're the bad guys. Remember that. 
Kennedy was a good guy, and back then the bad guys were all in government and they were threatened by his refusal to play ball. MAGA were all Christian nationalists, most definitely not the good guys. Reiner had no problem with real Christians like David French, who were all about love, compassion, and empathy. For podcast listeners, an article from the New York Times. Opinion, David French, Behold MAGA Man. Quote, One of the persistent debates in American life centers on how strictly we should judge the sins of our national past. Were those people who owned slaves or broke faith with Native Americans or passed the Chinese Exclusion Act merely products of their time? MAGA men and women will not have that excuse. They know there is a different way. Before Trump, many of them, whatever their flaws, lived very different lives, and few of them more so than Giuliani, end quote. Reiner would wish the real Christians like David French a Merry Christmas tomorrow, just like he'd done a year ago. For podcast listeners, a tweet from Rob Reiner, Merry Christmas to all my Christian friends and everyone else who believes that do unto others as you would have them do unto you are the best words to live by. December 25th, 2022, 6.49 a.m. He should be happy tonight, but he wasn't. The room was too quiet. He thought he could still smell lingering cigar smoke. Was he bothered by what Archie Bunker said? Not real Archie Bunker, ghost Archie Bunker. He knew why they shot Kennedy because he understood the fear of communism and how that built the modern-day security state after World War II what President Ike called the military-industrial complex. Every citizen of this country, from Oppenheimer to Kennedy, was a potential threat, and the government went to war on them. But nothing like that is happening now. The Democrats are in power. We stood against McCarthyism. Because MAGA is the new Red Scare, dummy. Who said that? Reiner sits up and squints into the black of night. You heard me. MAGA is the new war on terror. Take it from a guy who knows. Only thing is, we don't have leaders like Eisenhower to put a stop to it. And certainly no one to stand up and say, have you no decency? Wait a second. You sound just like you can't possibly be. You can't handle the truth. Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men, Reiner says. Great. Now my own movie characters are visiting me. Well, technically, it's Aaron Sorkin's character, but yeah, you get the general idea. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. David French, Colonel Jessup says, disgusted. That's the best you could come up with? Another self-important hack? Doling out hysteria pills for the pearl-clutching elites who pour over every word? He should be ashamed of himself. So should you. So should the New York Times. I won't hold my breath. David French is a good man, Reiner says. He's just worried about democracy like every decent American would be. Well, they sure thought that in 1954, didn't they? Jessup says. I guess democracy starts to become a problem when your guy is losing to public enemy number one. I'd be freaked out too. 
Democracy, it seems, has become a threat to democracy. For podcast listeners, a real clear politics poll, Trump versus Biden, with Trump pulling way ahead by three points. They're not so good, so, Reiner says. I mean, they go up and down, but that doesn't mean Biden won't win in 2024. He will. Well, I guess he better win, right, Jessup says. They've already raided Mar-a-Lago, impeached him twice, indicted him four times, and now removed his name from the ballot in Colorado. What else can they do to Trump except shoot him? He led an armed insurrection. He should be disqualified, Reiner says. Third member of the Oath Keepers far-right group has been sentenced to prison time for her part in the January 6th insurrection. Army veteran Jessica Watkins was convicted of obstructing Congress and was sentenced to eight years behind bars for entering the Capitol. She was acquitted, though, on the more serious, seditious conspiracy charge. She also apologized for her actions in court. Now, earlier this week, Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes was handed an 18-year prison sentence for seditious conspiracy and other charges. Another member, Kelly Meggs, was sentenced to 12 years in prison. Chesup laughs. Imagine my shock discovering people like you, the counterculture revolutionaries, are in support of the United States locking up political protesters just for a riot that got out of hand with sentences as long as 8 to 10 to 20 years. Talk about sellouts. Just imagine what the Chicago 7 would think about you guys. Reiner throws up his hands in frustration. They were insurrectionists. America can't be controlled by people who will use force to get what they want. Jessup stands and looms over Reiner. America already is. Several blocks off the parade route, anti-Trump protesters turned destructive and violent. More than 200 people were arrested and at least six police officers were injured. Chip Reed has more on this. Protesters dressed in black, some wearing masks, moved through downtown streets, setting fires, smashing storefront windows, some fighting with police. Officers dressed in riot gear responded with pepper spray and stun grenades. It is our duty to fight for our freedom! Closer to the Capitol building, members of the Black Lives Matter movement chained themselves together, blocking an entrance to the National Mall. Several Trump supporters scuffled with the group. But something makes me not want to give up on you, Rob. You know what that is? Jessup blows out the smoke right into Reiner's face who coughs and waves the smoke away. <coughs> I have no idea, and, and at this point, I, I, I don't care. Let's just get this over with. It's your podcast. Jessup backs away into the darkness. All Reiner can see is the glowing ember of the end of his cigar. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, I could throw you on the scrap heap with the rest of them. But you get it. You're reachable. Don't insult the memory of JFK by comparing him to racists, fascists, insurrectionists, and bigots, Reiner fumes. Just for the sake of argument, Chesop says. If you knew operatives hired by security agencies working with the FBI, like the people you talk about in your podcast, and all of them were being paid hundreds, thousands of dollars to lure in pro-Trump people on the fringe of our society, that outnumbered the actual Trump supporters, helping to breach the Capitol. 
If you knew the calls for the National Guard went unanswered, you knew the government and the FBI had all the information months before it happened, but left the Capitol vulnerable, what would you conclude? They must fear us! We must rise up! What if 200,000 people said they had enough and decided they were going to storm the Capitol? What's the purpose of these gates right here? What's the Shockton County Church has been picketing a Warsaw strip club for years, and today employees of the club took the fight to the church. Pastor Bill Dunphy makes no secret of his intentions. We will take that duty. Today is the day that it changes in America. Yeah. We're the Oath Keepers. Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers. Let's rise up now. Oath Keepers, you are here. I used to be part of three digits back in 1990 with Flex. My career with the CIA. I was part of a big defense firm that did legal intercept and data retention. If the FBI doesn't know who I am, somebody's dropped the ball. How many people here are federal informants or infiltrators? Conspiracy theory nonsense, says Reiner. Don't you get it? Jessup snaps. It's like a sea of Lee Harvey Oswalds, a sea of sheep-dipped operatives, poor as dirt, doing the bidding of the government, building more Oswalds every day because those people are as disposable as he was. It's not the same. In all my life as a movie character, Jessup says, I mean, a military man, I know there is nothing so terrifying as when one group feels justified dehumanizing another. Maybe it's time we started looking into why Trump is so popular in the first place. Maybe then you can see them as human beings, and maybe then you'll see reality. So let me do that for you. Or rather, Tucker. The picture is from a town called Butler, Pennsylvania. It's 35 miles north of Pittsburgh. The president held a rally there over the weekend. Butler's like a lot of places you'll find in this country once you head inland from the coasts. It's a former industrial town. They made Pullman rail cars there for many years. But it's been losing population for decades. There's still a lot of nice people in Butler. For 60 grand, you can buy a decent house there. It's a place you might be happy in. But our professional class is not impressed by Butler. They don't consider Butler, Pennsylvania, or places like it, the future. To them, places like Butler are embarrassing relics of a past best forgotten. The men of Butler may have built this country, and they did, but they mean nothing to our leaders now. You can be certain of that because when large numbers of people in Butler started killing themselves with narcotics, no one in Washington or New York or Los Angeles said a word about it. And so it continued. There have now been so many opioid deaths in Butler that a few years ago, residents built an overdose memorial in the middle of town. MSNBC didn't cover that. So given all of that, it was interesting how the people around Butler feel about Donald Trump. Here are the pictures of the president's rally there on Saturday night. Tens of thousands of people came. So many people that the crowd obscured the horizon. It looked like a visit from the Pope. When was the last time a political speech drew that many people? Well, the media didn't ask. Instead, they attacked the rally as a super spreader event. Trump endangers thousands in Pennsylvania. Okay, we'll leave the epidemiology to CNN. But the question still hung in the air. Why did all those people come? Why? They must have known that Donald Trump is the most evil man who's ever lived. They've heard that every day for five years. They know that people who support Donald Trump are also evil. 
They're bigots. They're morons. They're racist cult members. They know that Americans have been fired from their jobs for supporting Donald Trump, not to mention kicked off social media, belittled by their kids' teachers, shunned by decent society. Only losers and freaks support Donald Trump. People in Butler knew all of that. But on Saturday, they went to the Donald Trump rally anyway. Why exactly did they do that? We should be pondering that question deeply as we watch tomorrow's returns and as we live through the aftermath of them. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They're not deluded. They know exactly who Trump is. They love him anyway. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency, and it's every bit as true right now. It may be even more true than it's ever been, and it will remain true, regardless of whether Donald Trump wins re-election. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they'd cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in that picture. That's what's going on in this country. Jessup snaps his fingers. And they're flying over a scene in another state. Remember East Palestine? Remember how the old man didn't go and sent poor Mayor Pete to stomp around awkwardly in boots to show they cared? Well, Trump had no problem going and listening to their suffering. They celebrated his presence there. Who else has that kind of relationship with unseen America? To the people of East Palestine and to the nearby communities in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, we have told you loud and clear.
What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay? I probably know it better than anybody in here. Uh, we're going to take care of the fire department. Okay. We're going to take care of the that was a photo op, too, Reiner says. Trump is a grifter, a con man. He knows exactly how to make desperate people cling to his coattails. Jessup snaps his finger again. And they're huddled at a Trump rally, rain pelting down on them. Reiner starts whimpering, I want to go home. And we are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Did you ever see this? Jessup says. Trump staying as the rain poured down, his famous orange hair soaking wet. But he doesn't care. And neither do they. Let's stay out here, right? I'm not leaving. They did five rallies or more heading into 2020. He spends every week talking to voters, just talking to them. Does any politician in this country right now including the president, do anything close to that? We're a brave nation. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant and out of control like never before, and where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. And we are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon in China to use the trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military to rival Iran. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in China. And they weren't going to do a thing against us. Jessup pins Reiner back with his gaze and points a finger at him and says, What can you offer those people, Rob? What about the old man in the White House? What's he offering? Nothing. Just dehumanizing them, alienating them, and disenfranchising them. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, willpower, and strength. We are a nation that has no confidence Whoever thought we would say that. But we are not going to allow this horror to continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. Abandoned by our government, our culture, our corporations, their towns hollowed out from bad trade policies. What else do they have except Trump? And even that you want to take away. That's a lie, Reiner yells. They did this to themselves by joining the Trump cult. They didn't have to do that. It was America or Trump. Other people out there could represent them, the good Republicans, like 
Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, or Adam Kinzinger. We're not monsters for trying to save this country from them. Stop lying. We're almost done, Rob, Jessup says. But I've saved the best for last. I know you didn't watch this, and the news didn't cover it. Their job is to work for the Democrats. But look now and see what our government and our country has become at the hands of the once mighty left. Jessup snaps his fingers again, and they're inside a makeshift committee meeting. Marjorie Taylor Greene sits with Matt Gates, listening to the testimony of January 6th prisoners and their families. On the 25th of February, 2022, my nephew, Matthew Lawrence Perna, went into his garage, placed a rope around his neck, and hanged himself. He was 37 years old, broken and close to unrecognizable. Matt had stopped going out, stopped sleeping, stopped eating, and was vomiting blood. We are a remarkably close family, and we did everything we could, but it wasn't enough. I will let Matt tell you why, in his own words, from a note he wrote on the worst day of his life. I sacrificed my freedom when I entered into the Capitol building on January 6th and in despair took my own life the night that I wrote this, signed Matthew Perna. My nephew was extraordinary. He was honest and strong and defined by his love of all people. He should have never been pushed to the point of despair. He had no intention of going into the Capitol when he traveled to D.C. In his mind, he was standing up for all of us. Matt believed we are still entitled to free speech in the United States of America and did not think expressing it would cost him his life. He wanted to witness history and record it for his growing following on social media. Matt had never been in trouble in his life. The doors he went through had already been opened. Video has confirmed this. Congress has been out of session for almost an hour at that point. He did not touch, break, or steal anything and stayed within the velvet ropes taking pictures and recording. These 14 minutes cost him everything. For the people who drove my nephew to kill himself, that was long enough to go after his reputation, his freedom, his business, his social media presence, his standing in the small community that had always been his home, his joy, his love of life, everything. What followed was one betrayal after another. From the moment Matt found out the FBI was looking for him, he turned himself in. The agents said it would make it easier for him. That was a lie. He was told his clean record would count in his favor. It did not. He was told that having no affiliation with any organized group would help. That was another lie. Then he was told that he would most likely face a fine and nothing else, not true either. His attorney said his sentence would be less if he made a deal and pled guilty to all charges. That was perhaps the greatest lie of all. In fact, that deal was a trap and the terms meant nothing to the DOJ because after Matt pled guilty, the prosecutor decided to present a sentencing enhancement of terrorism, which could have meant many, many years behind bars as compared to the six to 12 months that he was originally told. We all have a breaking point, and that was Matt's. Do not make the mistake of thinking that my nephew was weak. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
Matt could run a 35K marathon barefoot, finishing on torn, bleeding skin, pushing through the pain. But a life in prison was unimaginable to him. On the phone, he was inconsolable, stuttering, and could barely form a complete sentence. The fear in his voice was heartbreaking. I told him that I loved him and that we would get through this. He told me that he loved me and thanked me for everything. I did not know that would be our last conversation. Matt had a deep faith in God, and though he prayed every day and sought help, no one could tell him when this nightmare would end, and that made everything worse. He had struggled from the start to live with shame and the damage to his beloved family and many friends, caused not by guilt, but those criminalizing the First Amendment. Dishonest, inaccurate reporting and the false J6 narrative in local and national news cast Matt as a violent domestic terrorist. It was a campaign of lies, death threats, and cruel accusations, and it pushed him to the edge. The flames of deceit shattered friendships and close relationships, and everyone around him suffered. I am only standing before this committee because my nephew hanged himself, and I am outraged. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene co-sponsored the Matthew Lawrence Perna Act of 2022 when former Congressman Louie Gohmert submitted it. She is the only person who co-sponsored it. Since Matthew's death, three people have contacted me through social media. All three told me about a neighbor or a friend that found their picture on the FBI website for January 6th. Rather than waiting to be raided in their homes or turn themselves in, all three shot themselves in the head. How many more are there? We are never going to know. My amazing nephew, Matthew Lawrence Perna, left behind a father and a brother who are beyond devastated. Our family struggles every day knowing that he died at the hands of our own Justice Department. We have become a country I no longer recognize. Our citizens have quickly been conditioned to fear speaking out for their beliefs. This needs to end. Nothing I do will ever bring Matthew Perna back. I have absolutely nothing to gain by being here today, but I will spend the rest of my life ensuring that he is never forgotten. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here today. Mr. Jessup Frank. leans in and says softly in Reiner's ear, how is this happening in America? Why don't people like you care? Why don't you care? What happened to you? When did you become such a patsy? Reiner explodes. I'm not a patsy. No one is above the law. We have to control right-wing extremism that threatens our democracy. We won't have a country. Trump is the next Hitler. Why can't you see that? Right, Jessup says. Okay. Last thing, and then I'll vanish from your life forever. This was written by Ron Paul, and I want you to listen to every word so you can get a taste of how future generations will remember this moment. Quote, The FBI was unleashed by the Biden administration to hunt down hundreds of participants in this insurrection, and locked them up in the gulag, where they awaited trial in torturous conditions, many in solitary confinement. A congressional committee was set up under then-Speaker Nancy Pelosi to get to the bottom of the Trump-led insurrection. 
It did not include a single representative nominated by the opposition Republican Party, but rather two Republicans, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who could be relied upon by Pelosi and the Democrats to toe the line. In short, the whole thing was an old-fashioned Soviet show trial, where the evidence was kept secret and the predetermined verdict guilty was to be used to tighten the grip of the ruling regime and intimidate any further dissenters into silence. The message was clear. Speak out against the perfection of the 2020 election, and you may find yourself in the gulag along with the insurrectionists. It was terrifying and profoundly anti-American. As we can finally see for ourselves, thanks to Speaker Johnson, it was a huge lie. The new video shows demonstrators shaking hands with police officers once they entered the Capitol building. They were welcomed into the building by officers who even held doors open for them to enter. They had no way of knowing that they would soon be rounded up and locked away. Does that mean no crimes were committed on January 6, 2021? Not at all. The tapes already released were carefully chosen to single out examples of violence and other possible criminality. But the full release of the tapes demonstrates beyond a doubt that the endless propaganda that this was a coordinated attempt to overthrow the government was false. And as for that violence and mayhem on that day, how much of it was instigated by undercover FBI agents? New footage clearly shows officers outside the building firing on protesters with no warning. That must be why, in hearing after hearing, Biden administration officials like Attorney General Merrick Garland have refused to tell Congress the number of federal agents present and their role in instigating violence. The release of this evidence should immediately result in the release of all nonviolent protesters awaiting trial or serving their sentences. Those in power responsible for promoting this lie should take their places in the jail cells. This delayed justice will not help protesters like Matthew Perna, however, though the new video release clearly shows him calmly walking inside the Capitol in the presence of unconcerned police officers. When Merrick Garland's Department of Justice announced they would seek terrorism charges against him, Perna, in despair, decided to hang himself in the garage. Yes, there was an insurrection of sorts. Those in power hated Donald Trump so much that they were willing to torture and even murder their fellow Americans to keep him from the presidency. Unless those people are brought to justice, we will have no republic left to defend. End quote. Can't say it any clearer than that, Rob, Jessup says. Reiner crumples into a heap, too exhausted to speak. Every time the regime abuses their power, Jessup says, two things happen. First, they test their flock to see if they object. They never do. The second, Trump gets more popular. So the question is, how far will they go? Tucker Carlson wonders the same thing. In this case, it seems irresolvable. So you have, you know, basically every power center in the country will do anything to prevent Trump from winning anything. I mean, that's the most important thing to them is to keep Trump from becoming president again. Now, why is that is a whole separate and very interesting conversation, but that's just a fact, okay? And 
these are the same people who are lecturing us about democracy. We're saving democracy. Democracy dies in darkness. Democracy is the most important thing. You heard that creepy defense contractor say what we're really doing is preserving democracy. We're not just like selling weapons. We're preserving democracy, right. it, which was a nauseating clip. And I and I hope on some level he's punished for that. But um, anyway, so but then at the same time you have Trump like is leading leading the race in in every nonpartisan or li all the liberal polls are showing him leading the race, beating Joe Biden in the in the battleground states. So like they can't let him win, but if they don't let him win, then it's just super obvious that all this democracy stuff was fraudulent and that it's not a democracy, it's an oligarchy run by the richest people that Bernie Sanders back when he was a free man was telling the truth. And so at that point, like the veil's off. We can't pretend anymore. Like when they killed Kennedy, which they did, um, they could kind of pretend like everything's fine. But after this election, there's no pretending everything's fine. Everyone will know. And it is a little bit like you get kidnapped, you get thrown in the back of the car, and all of a sudden the kidnapper turns around and lowers his mask and you see his face. And that's not a good thing. Because once you see his face, he has to kill you. Because you know who he is. He can't let you go then, okay? So you sort of want the kidnapper to keep his mask on because the pretense allows him the freedom to let you go in the end, to pretend everything's fine. But they've showed us who they are with such unmistakable clarity that I, I you know, I do, kind of don't know how we get along after this election unless they decelerate and, and, just, and just do what they should do, which is like, look, we don't like Trump, here's why. We don't think he's good for the country, here's why. We think Joe Biden's great, here's why. America, make your choice. But I don't think they are going to do that. They're morally obligated to do that, but they won't. And it's incumbent on them to do that. Stop charging them with bullshit crimes that your own people skate on. Like, that's the truth. Stop that. Just let the election happen. Let's have a free and fair election for the first time in a while since 2016. And if we, if they allowed that to happen, I think the country would get better. And then if Trump is a crappy president, okay, we survived it the first time. He's not very radical, actually. He's pretty moderate. We'll be fine. But I don't think, I think they're too hysterical to allow that to happen. And so I'm very, wor very worried about it. Jessup says, don't forget what Kevin Costner says at the end of Oliver Stone's JFK. The truth poses a threat to power. The truth, Rob. The truth. But someday, somewhere, someone may find out the damn truth. We better. We better, or we might just as well build ourselves another government. Like the Declaration of Independence says to when the old one ain't working, just, just a little farther out west. An American naturalist wrote, a patriot must always be ready to defend his country against its government. I'd hate to be in your shoes today. You have a lot to think about. You've seen much hidden evidence the American public has never seen. You know, going back to when we were children, I think that most of us in this courtroom thought that justice came into being automatically, that virtue was its own reward, that, that good would triumph over evil. But as we get older, we know this just isn't true. Individual human beings have to create justice, and this is not easy. Because the truth often poses a threat to power, and one often has to fight power at great risk to themselves. People like S.M. Holland, Lee Bowers, Gene Hill, Willie O'Keefe, have all taken that risk. They've all come forward. I have here some $8,000 in these letters sent, sent to my office from all over the country, quarters. 
dimes, dollar bills from housewives, plumbers, car salesmen, teachers, invalids. These are people who cannot afford to send money, but do. These are the ones who drive the cabs, who nurse in the hospitals, who see their kids go to Vietnam. Why? Because they care. Because they want to know the truth. Because they want the country back. Because it still belongs to us. As long as the people have the guts to fight for what they believe in. The truth is the most important value we have. Because if the truth does not endure, if the government murders truth, if, it, if we cannot respect the hearts of these people, and this is not the country in which I was born in, and it's certainly not the country that I want to die in. Tennyson wrote, authority forgets a dying king. This was never more true than for John F. Kennedy, whose murder was probably one of the most terrible moments in the history of our country. You, the people, the jury system sitting in judgment on Clay Shaw, represent the hope of humanity against government power. In discharging your duty and bringing the first conviction in this house of cards against Clay Shaw, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Do not forget your dying king. Show this world that this is still a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Nothing as long as you live will ever be more important. Jessup puffs on his cigar and checks his watch. Well, it's Christmas Eve. I have to find more people to terrorize before the night is through. I'll leave you with this. This is on your conscience, Rob Reiner. You have chosen to blind yourself to the corruption unfolding now. Is this what you want your legacy to be? Rob? Rob? A hand is shaking Reiner's shoulder. His heart pounds so loudly he can barely make out the words. Rob? Are you okay? You're soaking wet. Michelle's voice finally breaks the spell, and Reiner collapses back onto his mattress. Another bad dream, she says. But Reiner is too stunned, too afraid, too confused even to answer. He stares at the darkness all around him, hoping that the morning will come soon, hoping to be left alone on Christmas Eve. Hoping... Coming up, A Christmas Carol Story Part 3, What Really Happened on January 6th. Thank you for listening to my three-part substack, sashastone.substack.com, and remember, to thine own self, be true. Story now proclaim Messiah's birth.